0: This week's podcast brought to you by my absence. The other night I was putting our kids to bed and I told our eight-year-old, all right, it's time to brush your teeth and then um, I'll put you to bed. And she was putting the toothpaste on the toothbrush. She said to me, what if you only had one tooth? Every night, would you brush that one tooth? So I guess you'd have to say it's time to brush your tooth. (coughs) I got back from Los Angeles this morning on a red eye um, after calling a, a playoff game out there yesterday. And um, are, are
2: you talking to the audience or to me? <laughs> Both, because <laughs> I, I also haven't seen you for Barely. several days.
0: Right. Um, when we, whenever we do games in LA at the Staples Center, we usually get to the arena two and a half hours before the game, maybe three. Usually around two and a half hours before the game, and we, um, you know, we park our, our walk down below, kind of where the players park, and then we walk into a room that we have kind of in the bowels of the arena. And as we're walking, we almost always pass the dance team that is rehearsing and um, just getting ready for all the different dances that they're going to do during timeouts, halftime, whatever. <laughs> but yesterday, um, I I took particular notice because as the dance team was there, um, you know, practicing, the the leader, I don't know if it would be a coach, what it exactly uh, the leader of the dance team is called, but she said, uh, everyone who has a wig on, run it and make sure it stays on.
2: <laughs> run it?
0: Run it. I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know if that means, like, run your hands through it. I don't know what run it means. But everyone who has a wig on, run it and make sure it stays on <laughs> because obviously that might be a little bit embarrassing as you're out at center court in Staples Center, uh, performing. If your wig fell off,
2: did you see a number of veteran sports writers instinctively, reflexively run their hands <laughs> through their wigs as if they were being spoken to?
0: No, I don't think the sports writers get there until uh, a little closer to game time. But and I, and I may have told the story actually before on the podcast. But years ago, I was doing a game at Baylor, and sometimes when I, um, especially if I'm on the road or there's just not a lot of time for me to do my hair, like blow dry or you know whatever my hair I'll just pull it back into a ponytail ponytail but I have this little extra piece um like a little hair piece sort of that I put in it's like an elastic but it makes the bun it makes your bun look cute and but it's not your hair anyway I was uh, at Baylor um before a game and I had gone to talk to somebody across the court and came back walked across the court this is when I was a sideline reporter I went up to where I was sitting and all of a sudden, someone came, scurried over, holding my piece of hair that had fallen out as I was walking across the court. So um, I, I didn't care. It was a long time before the game, and um, and I probably wouldn't have cared if it happened during the game. But uh, it would have been nice if somebody had told me to uh, run it before I I got out there with my hair piece in case it fell off. Well, what what is, what is that called?
2: A uh, 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 bun enhancer?
0: I don't know. I don't know exactly what it's called. Um, it, the, the, the thing is called when you buy it, it's because it, it's just called something, something f- like fluffy hair or something like that. But it, it's literally like a, a hair elastic, a normal hair elastic, but then it has um, like hair on it. And you can buy them in different colors, and then when you put your Is hair something, in a bun, does it
2: look like something that was fished out of a shower drain? Sort
0: of, yeah. Like, like, and especially when they get old and gross. I have a couple of the of ones that have gotten old, and I don't use them anymore. But our youngest daughter likes to play with it sometimes and pretend that it's like a little animal because that's sort of what it looks like. So anyway, uh, I, I was feeling a little bit the pain of the uh, the L.A. Sparks dance team.
2: Well, I had the uh, indignity this week of my passports expiring, and I have to renew it. So I'm filling out the form online and hair color comes up with a pull-down menu. It's brown, black, blonde, red, bald. Uh, That's th- there option. are another, many other options, but I go down. You know, it's bad enough when you're on the pull-down menu for buying a plane ticket or something and you have to go down from 2019 for your oh, year of right. birth. Yeah. You keep free-falling through, yeah. through <laughs> space. <laughs> yes. And at some point, you think your year of birth isn't even going to be on there anymore. And this is how they tell you that you're dead. Well, if you go down far enough on the pull-down menu for the passport renewal form, yes, bald is an option, and I think it's the very last option, as if as if they're saying, you know, your your last priority for for pre-boarding, now boarding passengers with no hair whatsoever.
0: Right, right. Well, perfect. Last week, I think it was last week, we were talking about how our oldest daughter has your luck, and how we had gone to get. Um, she had been craving mac and cheese. And My luck being bad luck or no being luck. My bad luck. And, and when we went to the restaurant, you know, <laughs> after we'd already ordered the appetizers, they came and told us that they were indeed out of mac and cheese. While I was gone, you uh, placed an order at a local burger place, and um, went for, the, for you and the four kids, went,
2: picked up the order. I was actually there when I placed the order. I went immediately after a, a soccer practice, placed the order. In front of me, they took the order, they put the order on the receipt. It's a great place. Uh, this is not a beef, um, but um, our our fourteen-year-old wanted mac and cheese bites. And when I got home and unloaded the giant paper sack of of uh, dinner, she said, "Where are my mac and cheese bites?" And I said, "Evidently, they didn't make them or put them in the bag."
0: Well, what um what <laughs> made me think of it just this very second is that as we record this. Um, our daughter has a volleyball game at 7 o'clock tonight, but they're not allowed to leave campus and high school. The and school gets out at uh, 2 something, yeah. like 2.15. And so my sister, who was going to be in the area, I placed a, a, an order for our daughter to get a salad and, uh, and a smoothie, and my sister was picking it up and was going to drop it off to our daughter. And I just got a text from my sister <laughs> that said, um, yep, picked up the order. Smoothie and a sandwich. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) Yes. I ordered her.
2: This is like three days in a row. I ordered
0: her a smoothie and a salad um, because those are good. Both are good, you know, pregame meals. And they're two things she likes. My sister said, yep, I got it. Smoothie and a sandwich. (laughs) I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. It really is. Well, unbelievable. please text
2: her and let her know that she's not getting a salad I give her time to cushion the blow. But right. uh, exactly, um, it's
0: probably some sort of sandwich that she can't stand too, which would just make it that much funnier.
2: It is a pleasure. I'm not. I'm not going to say. You know, places often get the order wrong, but it is a pleasure when somebody actually cares and and you can tell as they're as they're ringing you up that you're not going to have to worry about it. It's going to be done right.
0: Yes. It's a pleasure.
2: It's not a pleasure that you get every time you're rung up, I must say. But I would say when ordering for four kids and myself at a drive-thru, and you know how much I can't stand to do that, I would say if if we have 90% of the things or even 80% of the things that we ordered, I'm happy with that
0: except that it's usually your or our oldest daughter's menu item that has not been added. And, and that's where you and I are a little bit different if we go through a drive-through, because you, you do, you get a little bit anxious when you're placing the order. We get up there, they hand you the bag, and you, especially if there's a line of cars behind us, you know, you pull away. Like when they hand me my f- the food, I don't care if there's a bunch of cars behind me. I open the bag, I look, I make sure every single thing is in there that I've ordered, before. especially if I've got a car full of kids, and there's no part of me that feels any... Um, I don't even know what the word, the pressure, I guess, to, you know, hurry up and get out because there's people behind me. No, you know, I'm going to make sure my order's good and then I'll pull
2: away. I feel the pressure when there's nobody behind me. I feel the pressure when the person in the drive through window is 16 years old. I feel that that pressure in every, in every walk of my daily existence, as you know.
0: I know, that's, um, that's a tough walk.
2: It is a tough it's walk. It's a tough
0: existence.
2: <laughs> Perhaps I'm the one. during my tough walk through life, who's in need of the emotional support uh, mini horse. And the latest one we saw online this week was a guy in New Zealand who knew he was going to be fired and was called into a meeting in which he was going to be fired, brought with him an emotional support clown if you haven't seen this story, Google it. Just Google New England and em- New Zealand. I'm sorry, and emotional support clown. Oh,
0: and I will do my best to post a link to it on our well, somebody, on Twitter somebody feed Somebody took as a well. picture
2: through the through the uh, uh, conference room wall uh, window of this guy. I assume as a gag, uh, bringing his and when he was fired, the clown silently mimed crying and and um,
0: <laughs> what well, if you knew you were going to get fired? And what would be the most ridiculous emotional support fill in the blank? Well, I, I wouldn't feel the need to attend of. a
2: meeting at which that was happening, right? For one well, thing,
0: if you had to go to an absurd meeting where you didn't care whether or not you got fired, and you, it, just for entertainment's sake, what what what, what creature, emotional, emotional support, support creature thing? Yeah, I'd probably would you bring
2: bring an an oboe? I'm guessing
0: an oboe. You're would my you emotional somebody support. Somebody who could... Would you bring it... Would you bring... Right, I'm your emotional sport, Lobo. Would you bring an a, a oboist? What would be an oboe player? Sure. Would you bring the oboist or just the oboe since I, you don't I, No, I'd, it? I'd bring... Would you, like, I'd, snuggle would bring, with the I would obo? bring a
2: violinist and, <laughs> and to play something very sad as I was being fired.
0: There's actually a pretty hilarious episode. <laughs> I don't have any idea what season it was of... Uh, of Boston Legal where the I think it's an oboe the person plays music cuz I don't know if they can't speak or whatever to testify <laughs> and you can show a lot of emotions and uh, you know convey a lot um, through the, uh, the playing of an instrument
2: everything comes back to Boston Legal it with does. You. it's incredible and, and and the foresight that they had with emotional support instruments I I just realized as we were saying this I would like to be fired on a mini golf course
0: As part of a confetti cannon, or actually, like fired, meaning I don't want to be fired out of a confetti cannon. That would mean I was well, no, your ashes as part of your funeral. We're
2: not back, we're not back on my funeral on on the mini golf course. I would just like to be fired on a mini golf course because it would mean that I was working at a mini golf course, presumably. As the groundskeeper.
0: Yeah, here we go. Then you've changed the context. If you could choose the place where you were going to get fired, or if you could choose the place where you were going, somebody was going to break up with you, or you were going to choose the place where an Sadly, event that would normally be unpleasant would happen. What What would it be? Well,
2: let me turn that question around because. You're clearly going to choose the place where somebody breaks up with me. So, <laughs> well, you tell no. me.
0: No, I'm just like you know throwing is that, that is out that, there for people who might be listening who aren't who aren't. Um, how did we phrase is, it in the past? Not happily happily stuck. Who is, aren't happily stuck?
2: Is, is that why you've called me into the basement today? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I wouldn't do it here.
2: Um, you do it in a restaurant with witnesses.
0: Yeah, maybe. But um, I just wonder, like, where the the most absurd place to to do one of those things would be like a water park or you know just i i
2: would i would i would request a um a restaurant order a lot of appetizers a big expensive meal and a a bottle of wine and just as everything arrived and you got the axe you get up and and leave
0: okay you wouldn't eat any of it the whole point would just be to order it and stick the other person with the bill
2: i guess they wouldn't care so that's that's that would confirm their, uh, their their
0: decision to end the union. <music> Last night I mentioned that, that I, today I got home from a red eye from L. A. It's it's glorious when when a basketball game ends in time for me to catch the one red eye a day or the one direct red eye a day from L. A. to uh, to Connecticut. And anyway, I was at the airport kind of early, sitting at my at the gate. And I had my earbuds in because I was watching um, a basketball game as I prep for the for the WNBA playoffs. You'd arrived
2: in LA twenty four hours earlier, right?
0: Um, less than less than, less than. than. and uh, it, it was a quick, quick and this wonderful. This is
2: your stay. sixth red eye, I believe, back from the Western, the Pacific time zone since we were on vacation in the Pacific time zone. Yeah, in uh, last week of July,
0: I, I've had lots and lots of red eyes this summer, um, but this one is beautiful because it's a direct. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm just getting. A lot of work done and uh, as the gate kind of is filling in and, and it's a direct so everybody who is flying on this is going to Hartford that's their destination you're not flying through Hartford to get to anywhere. Anyway, we're just about to board and, uh, and I should also say I'm in my red eye outfit. I'm in, like, sweatpants, a sweatshirt with a big hood to keep me warm. My glasses are on instead of my contact lenses. My hair is in a bun without the cute little extra hair. Like, I'm pretty much looking a mess. I'm just ready to sleep on this
2: place. If I may just interrupt, as, yes. you're, as you're describing this, I'm conceiving of a Netflix uh, a show like red eye for the straight guy, or it's a fashion show set <laughs> right. on yes. on a red eye flight because yeah. you're describing your fashion choices. And it, it could on the be, red eye. it
0: could be good actually because I was telling someone just yesterday in Los Angeles how I'm often cold on flights, and they said, "Oh, you need to get this cashmere, whatever. It looks cute, then it keeps you warm." Anyway, and and so having just flown be,
2: uh, on a on a red eye to Paris last week, seventy percent of all products on offer in international. Terminals uh, for transatlantic flights are neck pillows and and um, you know, accoutrement, if I may use the French word that I picked up while while I was there for seventy two hours, are related to trying to sleep on an airplane.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the, the struggle and, is, is real. And, and as the they say. and
2: the um, fashion choices that people choose for overnight flights are are pretty spectacular yeah
0: well my fashion choice had nothing to do with fashion and and you know the sweatshirt that i'm talking about that i wear where the hood comes up and you can barely see oh, any of I my do. face it's um is it the darth Maul look like like when i wear it to watch our daughter play softball some of the other moms it's like my darth Maul
2: sweatshirt darth baller <laughs> darth
0: ball so anyway so i'm in that i'm i'm looking a mess and, but it doesn't matter. I'm about to just like get on the flight, get in my window seat and go to sleep. And then I, um, I hear <laughs> the gate agent start saying, uh, Rebecca Lobo, would Rebecca Lobo please come to the podium? Rebecca Lobo, please come to the podium. I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh. So I get up and I just go over there and uh, I'm wondering what's going on. And, um, and the gate agent just said, uh, just want to let you know the TV monitor in your seat doesn't work. It was one of those flights where all of the seats had their own TV monitor, and I just looked at her and I said, "I don't care." I said, "I'm gonna. I'm trying to sleep. I, I'm not gonna watch it at all. I don't care." And they're like, "Oh, okay, great." We didn't know if it was gonna be. An issue. Many
2: people would care, and, and I don't know. On a red eye flight,
0: flight, I'm thinking most people are trying to sleep and aren't watching their monitor.
2: Most people also wouldn't be informed that their monitor wasn't working. God mm-hmm. knows, I've never been informed when my monitor wasn't working.
0: Yeah, I I don't know why they chose to inform me. I wish they hadn't. I went back and sat down. And the woman next to me said, um, she's like, oh, you know, you're trying to be incognito. Um, but, you know, now everyone in the gate uh, heard your name. And I'm thinking, I wasn't trying to be incognito. I'm just in my red-eye clothes looking a mess.
2: This is, this is eerily reminiscent of your experience at AAA while renewing your license. <laughs> I didn't look
0: quite as bad there, though. Anyway, it, it's sort of similar to that, though. But then a handful of people after that came over and said hello and... Um, and you know, UConn fans, because of course everyone who's going back to Connecticut, there's a, you know, has a tie to Connecticut and whatever. <laughs>
2: and, and until your name had been announced, they just assumed you were a six-four woman in a, in a Darth Maul hoodie. No,
0: they they um, what would that have been? They they thought I was a what it, would a Darth Maul disciple be? They the, I have no idea. Yeah, well, whatever the the Star Wars term, they just thought I was that. So they, maybe they thought I was Darth Maul over there, <laughs> but. Um, but instead, uh, I got to meet some extra friends. Um, and took a picture with with a little girl looking um, about as bad as I can possibly look. So that was this is fun. this
2: is a, this is a a beautiful commingling of Darth Mall and Sky Mall. Do you remember the Sky Mall? Of
0: course, they still have it. I know. But yesterday, not only as we record this, yesterday was when I was in LA calling this game. It was also. One of the most, not my game, but the other game, one of the most exciting games and especially finishes in the history of WNBA and the WNBA playoffs with D'Erika Hamby. Hitting a half half court ish shot, or,
2: or the NBA playoffs, for yeah, that for that any matter, playoffs, any basketball game. If anybody
0: was... watched the game, I mean, most people by now have seen the end. This you know, h- near half court heave to win the game. The whole game was phenomenal. It was high scoring, well played, back and but forth, it's, lead changes, ties, everything you'd want in a basketball game. It was really,
2: really great. It, it wasn't a half court heave in desperation after a timeout or after a made basket. It was. Chicago had the ball in their yeah. own backcourt with seconds remaining.
0: I, I I feel horrible for Courtney Vandersloot. She's the player who um, they inbounded the ball to her. There was like 14 seconds left. With a left. two point lead. Um, was it one point lead or two point two lead? Two point lead. Okay, with a two point lead. And so she wanted to, you know, get rid of as much time on the clock as possible before Vegas was going to follow her. She, of course, knew they were going to follow her. So, But she, they inbounded to the backcourt. She had the ball in the backcourt. And I think, to me, that after she dribbled about six seconds, she realized she had to get the ball over the timeline because you only get eight seconds in the WNBA to get the ball from the backcourt to the front court. And so, I to me, and again, I haven't talked to her or, or read about it yet, but it looked to me like she got kind of worried. Oh, no, her internal clock was telling her she's getting close. She's got to get it over half court. So she threw a pass. To a teammate who didn't come and meet the pass, so De'Erica Hamby, who's one of the hardest working players in the WNBA, because she's so active, stole the ball. She completely lost track of time and score because there was like four seconds left when she heaved the ball up. She didn't need to, but it went in. And she would have
2: been underneath the big scoreboard. I don't know where that, what clock she could be looking. Yeah, at. Otherwise. yeah. And
0: she said after the game, she said, I, "I didn't know." She said, "Good thing it went in, or else I would have been because there was also there was also a, a,
2: a teammate who was open near the lane."
0: Oh, I I didn't even notice that. Um, Yeah, she just didn't know, so she heaved it up. But what an exciting, exciting game. And my next series is L.A. Sparks versus Connecticut Sun, which I think is going to be an amazing series, too, as will the... uh Washington Mystics and uh, Vegas Aces so this is the time of year if, if anyone who listens to our podcast hasn't really watched WNBA this is the time of year to do it it's really super exciting games are um, well this will come out on Wednesday so a game will have been played on Tuesday night and then there will be games on uh, Thursday night at six thirty and eight thirty eastern time on ESPN 2
2: I had a bookstore, uh, not a bookstore appearance, a library appearance this week here, uh, not far from us, here in Connecticut, and several people there said they were listeners to the podcast, and um, in the signing line, because we sold books at the library, not library books, but new books, somebody said to me that they were, she was a podcast listener, and she said, could you sign it to Beth? And as I was about to commit pen to paper, she said, that's B E th
0: <laughs> was she saying that as a joke or I don't think, think so but
2: I mean because, because almost it. every single name almost every name you sign in one of these uh, signing lines can be spelled another way even if it's ed you wait because it could be ed with two d's you know right? but I could not for the life of me think of any other conceivable way in which Beth could be spelled other than I guess to rhyme with the death it could be B-E-A-T-H, but it wasn't. This was B-E-E-T-H.
0: Well, she just wanted to make sure. It's
2: it's the appropriate thing to do. Yeah. It's absolutely the right thing to do to spell the name, especially if it's an unusual spelling. Right. If you say it's Amy and I start to write A-M-Y and they say, no, it's A-Y-M-E-E. Right. It's nice to shout that out, you know, in advance. Right. But I, was, I felt I was on solid ground with Beth. But anyway. But anyway. And also this past week in your absence. And I, by, the way, by hold, the way. Hold on one second. Yes.
0: let second. I don't know if it's fair to say in my absence. I left Saturday evening. I did a game Sunday. And you, I was home you were, early this morning. This, I was this, gone for this, two nights. I was home this morning yes. in time to wake our kids up and bring them to school. You were home
2: for two? You were gone for two nights? Two nights after you? You were gone for two other nights. So, all I'm saying is oh, this that's past true. week.
0: I forgot. Yeah. This I was past gone week. Last week in Chicago,
2: too. It <laughs> has come to this that, that I can't suggest that a mere four nights away, near four nights on the road.
0: Four out of seven. Right, four of seven. Totally There's only seven nights. nights. I forgot I was in Chicago earlier. Let, let me, last let me week. put it another way
2: to you. I, I, don't, I don't remember what point I was going to make. What topic I was even <laughs> gonna bring up? But let, let's let's let me put it this way to you, okay?
0: Okay, okay. I love when you speak to me like this. Let let, let me put it like this to you. Okay? Okay. There's, well, nothing, there's nothing better than with, when somebody speaks to you and they throw in the
2: okay. As with everything else <laughs> okay. in my life, I'm asking your permission. Okay. Okay, okay you have my permission
0: okay. to speak to me
2: like this. A week ago yesterday as we record this.
0: What is today?
2: Today, as we record this, is a Monday. It's
0: Monday. Okay. So a week ago, Sunday. Yes. Okay. Eight days ago. Eight days ago.
2: Eight days ago, I was in France. That's right. And I started the day in Normandy. I flew out of Paris, saw the Eiffel Tower, landed at JFK, saw the Empire State Building, was home for dinner Sunday night a week ago. Okay. I was going a total of four nights, three nights in France, one night flying to France. Right? Right. Gone was four nights last okay. week. How many days, or how many nights, did it take you to catch up with me those four nights on the road? Not that we're, not that anybody's keeping score here. It took you exactly seven days. The following week, you were gone for four nights, and the difference being that that's a typical week for you.
0: That's only a typical week for me this time of year. The WNBA playoffs, they're twice a year, WNBA playoffs, March Madness. That would be typical travel. No other time of year is that typical. But but you're, and, you're, you're, and, but, and but, but but
2: again, just as as you were gone four nights of the seven, and again, this is not a complaint. This is just this is just life. But you, you're the one who questioned my in your absence construction. Uh, well, just, let's, if I, if let's, I, I just
0: want to interject. Can quickly. I finish? can I finish? No, can I'm, I'm, finish? I'm doing
2: Dana Carvey. Doing Ross Perot in 1992. I'm going to interject okay.
0: quickly. I often encourage you to leave on longer trips. You just don't do it.
2: <laughs> if you may, if I may outerject. Yes. Uh, how would I do that? I you're, you're gone four nights out of the seven. The other three nights saying, I should go on a long trip? I'm just
0: saying those other, those other, no, no, other no. times here What here i to here What I want to say, you, you what, what want
2: to say <laughs> yes. is just as you're gone four nights of the seven, and, and how did this become this week's podcast, by the I way? I don't know. But... You're, you're mitigating circumstances. Yes, but you're only gone four nights out of seven during two of the four seasons, spring and fall.
0: No, two of the 12 months. Anyway, but you had a different point that you were making originally. Do you remember what it was? I mean, it's,
2: it's, this is.
0: <laughs> this is absurd. But do you, no, seriously.
2: Oh, do I remember what I was going to say? Yeah. I, I, all I remember was I began a sentence in your absence last week. And And then you objected. I don't know. I forgot how much I was. Well, let me just say your your objection has been overruled.
0: (laughs) I think yes. And in fairness, I won't object to the overruling.
2: (laughs) Oh, I know what I was. I think I know what I was going to say. In your absence, yes, (laughs) we had one of your games on in the past week, and during that game, our eldest daughter was in the kitchen, hearing you speak on TV, and said, "Wow, Mom, sure talks differently on TV than she does at home." And I said, I recognize that the tone of voice and everything else. It's a much more relaxed, conversational, homey voice on TV, oddly, <laughs> than at home. Our 10-year-old said, yeah, mom's never on TV. Mom's never like,
0: you missed the open man. Go to your room. Because that's what I'm like in real life. I, I would say to him, you missed the open man, go to your room. Well, you wouldn't I say it about st- the open
2: man, but you might say I, you. I, I,
0: I do tell them to go to their rooms on occasion when they've done things that warrant they get sent to their rooms. I'm, that's I'm true. Not,
2: I'm not being judgmental here. No, I son is. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm uh, just telling you in your. This is
0: what happens in my absence. In your lack of
2: presence. Everyone, that's what it happens.
0: Everyone in the family gangs up on me and I don't like it.
2: You you did say yesterday to your credit. I spent, I believe it was five hours in the car yesterday. Morning soccer game, early morning soccer game, forty-five minute drive to the next kids' next soccer game, forty-five minute drive home from there, and then two hour-long round trips to volleyball. During one of those hour-long round trips to volleyball, you texted me presumably from the airport, maybe your hotel room, I don't and you remember. said, "Would now be a good time to FaceTime the kids." And I said, I'm sure it would be a fine time, but don't do it on my phone because I'm in a parking lot at the high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there more? <laughs> <laughs> and so I did. So I FaceTimed the children. I didn't know if I had some obnoxious reply to that. or.
2: No, I'm not even sure why I brought it up.
0: <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
2: I this, is just, this has just become a venting a venting session. Oh, I don't, you know, I, I don't maybe, feel like maybe, I'm venting. Do you feel like no, you're i don't. No, I don't feel like I am either. Uh, but perhaps in the future, when we record, a, before we record a podcast, when you've been on the road for the previous uh, 36 in my hours, abs- when pardon? I've been absent, yeah, we should we should have some human interaction prior to, <laughs> prior to setting up <laughs> okay. the microphone.
0: I think that's a good idea.
2: And I'm not even sure that the way you have a different voice on TV than at home was the reason that I brought up something that was in your absence. What I really think I wanted to say about that happened in your absence, um, a, a phrase I will do my best now to eliminate from my vocabulary because it's. It, I can see it's sort of a guilt-tripping phrase, and I don't mean it to be that way. but. Uh,
0: what else happened in my absence? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was said? What was said in your absence was, this one was actually in your presence. Well, you imagine had taken, that. You had taken our one of our daughters— to her annual checkup, and she had grown a few inches in the previous year. Right. Is that right? Yeah. That happened in the past week, didn't it? Ad? It did. Why am I? Why am I being prosecutorial here?
0: I don't know. But yes, I <laughs> took our daughter. We we talked about this actually a little bit on the last podcast. That oh, I we took did? her, and uh, she grew three inches.
2: Did we talk about our son's ambition to to no, grow? No, we did not. Several feet?
0: No, we did not.
2: Okay, because I can't remember what we talked about. So so she grew a few inches, and when our son heard this news. He said, do you think, and and the doctor suggested she may grow for another few years, right?
0: Yeah, maybe three more years of growing. Okay,
2: so our 10-year-old son said, do you think if I grow for 10 more years, I'll be 10 feet tall? And I said, no, I don't think you will be. He said, why not? I said, because nobody has ever been 10 feet tall. In fact, almost nobody is ever taller than 7 feet 3 or 4 inches tall. And he said, well... There was a guy who was 8 feet 8 inches tall. I read it on a Snapple cap, and that was his mic drop. He would broach no debate about that because he had read it on a Snapple cap.
0: I like that he's learning everywhere he goes.
2: This has been an unintentionally combative episode of Ball and Chain, has it?
0: I don't know, but I don't feel like we've been combative. Oh, I good. feel like we've been good. having some bantering, but I don't. Um, I have absolutely zero agitation no, as yeah. part of this conversation. It's, it's very you? hard to
2: uh, get you... Agitated.
0: No, it's easy. You you easily get me agitated, but not when we do the podcast. Usually, let me put
2: it differently. It's very hard for me to intentionally right. agitate you. There know. you go. So, should we go to viewer mail?
0: I think we should. Let's go uh, to viewer mail. Apple, throw our lure, reel
1: us in with your viewer mail.
2: Our first. This really isn't viewer mail, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lump it in with viewer mail. It's a, our first viewer mail comes in via text from producer Denny Gallagher, who who writes. Well, he actually sends a a news story from Rolling Stone that says uh, the Who, the band the Who, mm-hmm. preview their new album called Who with their new single Ball and Chain.
0: Remarkable.
2: So this is the Who's.
0: Do you think The Who was inspired by the podcast? Well, or by the Tom, Dick, This and is Harry The Who's
2: version? Ball and Chain. Right. Not Who's the Ball and Who's the Chain. Right. The Who's Ball and Chain.
0: I think they they probably heard the Tom, Dick, and Harry version, and whether they realized it or not, it inspired them to write this song.
2: It may be more plausible that they heard The Smithereens version, a song of the same name, but whatever. Uh, the Who will have a song called Ball and Chain, it sounds like. Or What's have going
0: it? on with Denny's uh, curiosity shop? He, he's Is no he longer curious? curious. He's not curious anymore. He he's sends a- us the, the occasional text like that one, but come on, Denny. we got to open the curiosity shop again sometime soon. Well, do we? Yeah, Are people clamoring for I think we need at least one more curiosity shop before we officially close its doors.
2: So um, Eric sends us to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. It's just a link that you can post to an SNL sketch from Tina Fey was either hosting or still in the cast at that point, uh, but it's hilarious about yes. pre-boarding. I had never seen it somehow. And uh, pre-boarding passengers traveling with small children.
0: Is it something I can post the link to? Sure. On it's a YouTube. And pre-boarding. Twitter, which is at Ball and Chain Pod. I'm sorry. did you finish? Can I finish? <laughs> you can finish.
2: Um, uh, Tina Fey is now boarding for uh, parents traveling with small children, and then now boarding... For uh, children traveling with small parents, that was and funny. It was, anyway, it's uh, that's good. it's
0: definitely worth watching. I'm gonna we're gonna go to one from Twitter, which is again at Ball and Chain Pod. This is from Mary. She said, "I'm listening to this week's podcast, and last week I mentioned um, something about why I didn't know I, I didn't know why anyone would have to go get fingerprints. This is uh, we talked about place a place that where you could go and get your fingerprints taken.
2: But it was it was in a weird combination. It was like a fingerprint shop slash you could uh, build a bear there or something. Right,
0: right. Um, she said, in California, anyone who works with children, teachers, coaches, etc., is required to be fingerprinted. So so there you go. Our kids go to Catholic school. We've talked about this before. And all the Catholic Church requires from um, adults in order to be around children or coach children or chaperone children or anything is to watch or to go through what they call Virtus training where you watch a video and talk about things that it's a little bit absurd. So uh, anyway, I, I I think I like the idea of fingerprinting if you're going to be working with it, children.
2: It's a placebo and a fig leaf. Um, to uh, ballandchainpod at gmail.com, Michael, our Dominican Republic correspondent. Oh, hello, Michael. Michael replies, hello, Steve and Rebecca. Greetings from Santo Domingo, which is a great opening for any, yeah, of any missive. Your recent travel stories had me laughing out loud and reminded me of a landing I once experienced in Minnesota. And I should say, this, um, this email is titled, More Excessive Vectoring. <laughs> I experienced excessive vectoring, or I avoided excessive vectoring, I think, uh, on my last flight. One evening, writes Michael, during a descent into Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport, our plane suddenly accelerated violently and pulled up and away from the runway. A few seconds later, the pilot came on the intercom and calmly stated... Sorry about that, folks. We had some conflicting traffic on the runway. We then circled the airport a few times and eventually landed safely. I had never heard the term conflicting traffic before, or for that matter, since. Excessive vectoring indeed. Hope all, hope all is well with you with you both. Enjoy the day. I remain Michael.
0: Gosh, do you think that they were about to land and there was another plane right on that same runway?
2: He just avoided a crash, certainly. Clearly, uh, A yeah. collision, I should say, right? Wow, well, yeah. By the way, enjoy the day. He signs his his, uh, email, enjoy the day, which I love. It makes me think of, I think it was Dana Carvey, the second time he's been mentioned here today, uh, being interviewed or in conversation with Conan O'Brien on Conan O'Brien's podcast, talking about working with or people who have worked with Jeff Bridges. Uh, Dana Carvey does a great impersonation of kind of latter-day Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, you know, I can't do it, but he does no, it you great. Can't. <laughs> but if you can picture Jeff Bridges in The Big yeah. Lebowski or any movie since then, he has that sound, as Carvey puts it, of he's constantly eating or digesting a big meal. And and anyway, his point was that Jeff Bridges uh, says, you know, in the, in the most endearing way possible, we're alive, we're alive, like on a daily basis. Like, can you believe our luck? We're alive. We're not dead yet. You know, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm well, not no, crazy. I'm I, Jeff Bridges I, I, and he's not no, crazy. He's right. I
0: love I love the quote. I am just the 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 voice you're using for the impression is so bad you'd be better off just using your own voice. Well,
2: I'm I'm trying but, to convey the fact that this is not me. Though right, I am happy no, to be alive.
0: Right. No, it's it's a and fantastic also, you know, sentiment. It's how we should all feel. We should wake up in wonderment and awe that wow, we are still alive. Pleasantly and we, surprised. And unless something unforeseeable happens today, we have this day to seize, and to enjoy not the only fact that, that we are alive.
2: Not only that we're still alive; that we were ever alive. Right. Because for most of of cosmological history, we were not alive. Right. We're, and for and, most and of and cosmological history, we will again not be alive. Right.
0: I mean, and while we were alive, we are barely a blip.
2: And by the way, if you're listening to this in the Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, <laughs> yeah. you you can you can be either depressed by that observation or or. Delighted.
0: And if you are in the Dunkin' Donuts drive through um, in a nearby town where we live, you may be counted as one of the cars as we go by because every morning on the way to school, our our eight-year-old counts the number of cars that are in the Dunkin' Donuts drive through And uh, we had the discussion this morning because when we were first pulling up, we couldn't see any. And then when we got to the other side of it, we saw a few. And I asked our kids, have we ever in the year and a half that you've been doing this on a daily basis. Have we ever had the goocher where there's zero cars going through the drive through and they all agreed that no we haven't. But anyway, if someone's listening to this cosmic conversation in the drive through you are not only, you know, beloved or loved by all, all all of your family members, you are also counted when we drive by as one of the people in the drive
2: through Absolutely, and speaking of cosmological delight at being alive, John writes, Steve. Another benefit. Okay, I should preface this. I wrote a story. It's in Sports Illustrated this week, and it's on online as well, on the death of paper tickets, physical tickets to sports sporting events, but also to concerts and other other things. So you can't save the ticket stuff. And there are a lot of stories related to that. And um, but so this is in response to that story, Steve. Another benefit of paper tickets to sporting events is when you're a 12-year-old boy and your mom gets a last-minute ticket to what turns out to be Zion Williamson's final game with Duke, and you can send a photo to taunt your two older sisters who are away at college. And here's a photo of John with his 12-year-old son who's holding up a ticket to that uh, March Madness game at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., Georgetown University as the host uh, from Sunday, March 31st, 2019. And it's a cool thing. And he's going to save that ticket stub Forever. Forever, I have the first ticket stub to my first concert, 1981, Earth, Wind, and Fire, St. Paul Civic Center. I have tickets to ticket stubs to go for basketball games, University of Minnesota, from 1980 against the Athletes in Action. I have uh, my my ticket stub to see Cool in the Gang at the Carlton Celebrity Room. Do you have any ticket stubs that you saved for anything?
0: I'm sure I have ticket stubs somewhere from when I was a kid. What I I don't what I save now is I'll save an occasional, not every but I'll save an occasional press pass. Uh, Like I saved the press pass from the Final Four a couple years ago where Enrique know, had those two buzzer beaters and ended up winning the national championship. I saved uh, my press pass or my ESPN pass a few years ago when L.A. and Minnesota were playing in the finals. It was one of the best WNBA finals ever. Um, But I can't, you know, I I don't think I have um, tickets. When I was a kid, we didn't go to a lot of stuff that required tickets, but I did go to... You know, an Eric Clapton concert or a Rod Stewart concert, and why are you poo-pooing? Had, you haven't gone to an I Eric Clapton concert and a Rod Stewart. No, concert? no, they were great. I just I don't, don't even,
2: f- I didn't even know that you ever went to see to an Eric Clapton concert. Where would you see him?
0: Um, I saw him in the Hartf- in Hartford at the XL Center. I went with my dad. Oh, well, it was and, then the Hartford Civics. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, but I don't have the ticket stub to that. I wish I did. I wonder... Did you have uh, any... No, I saved did, everything did you, when you, I was a kid, too. I'm, I'm surprised I don't have the ticket stub to that.
2: Obviously, you went with your dad because your dad liked Eric Clapton. But did you have any idea who Eric Clapton was? Oh, or yeah. whatever? My, any songs I were? went...
0: My sister and I went with my dad and then a, um, a friend of his who had actually gotten the tickets. But I remember we got the most excited when um, Mark Knopfler came on and joined him for one song. And I don't even remember wh- which song it was, but we knew at the time from um, I Want My MTV. Of course. Uh, so anyway,
2: and and Rod Stewart, what era was this?
0: Same thing, high school. I went with
2: so um, post. Do you think I'm sexy?
0: Um yeah, oh of course. Didn't that song come out like right around when I was born?
2: No, it came out in like 1978.
0: I was born in 1973.
2: Right, so it didn't come out around when you were born. It came so, out yes, five years. I,
0: I went after I turned five. You, well, <laughs> I was not. Well, I was not younger than five. I don't, I don't when know when I what, went to when I went to see that show, but. uh and I must have some Bruce Springsteen tickets laying around somewhere, too. I wonder where... I, some of this stuff is probably at my parents' house still, maybe. I don't know.
2: Well, if you have Bruce Springsteen tickets, they're more likely lying around, which brings us to our next email What from, did I
0: say? Laying around?
2: From Dr. Gary Siegel, who who See, just... These, just
0: these are the extra oh, special things oh, well, a woman gets from being oh, married to you. Oh, the, oh. the grammar correction. <laughs> uh, next time, can you correct my grammar in my absence?
2: Well, Dr. Gary Siegel just sends a... A tweet from Pat Sajak. <laughs> and it says, this is Pat Sajak, via Dr. Gary Siegel. I have officially abandoned my campaign to have Twitter change its who to follow section to the grammatically correct whom to follow due to lack of interest.
0: <laughs> well, good for Pat Sajak.
2: All right, we've got a uh, we've got a, a, a WNBA question here for you from Ralph in Maryland who writes... Hi, Restiva. Holly Rowe is in State College, Pennsylvania, as he writes this, Which doing was the Pitt. Saturday.
0: She did a game in, in, at Penn State okay. on Saturday.
2: Holly Rowe is in State College, Pennsylvania, doing the Pitt-Penn State game on Saturday. As I understand it, she's supposed to be joining Rebecca and Ryan in L.A. tomorrow for a noon Pacific time start. Will she be whisked from Mid-State Airport by Charter right to LAX? This would seem to challenge even Holly's ability to conquer time and space. Well, she definitely was on both telecasts. She was. How did she get from one to the other?
0: She's Holly Rowe. She can just do things that other people can't. She, um, she was on a flight. I, I don't know if it, if she had to fly through somewhere, but she um, barely made her flight out of State College. She landed at LAX at midnight. We did the game the next morning at noon or midday at noon, and then she was on a four p.m. flight back to JFK. And she had her normal amazing telecast where she asked great questions and added terrific content. Ryan Rucco, who's our play by play guy and I got an email from Holly or we were emailing or texting one another as we were all traveling to LA. And she just said, playoffs are starting. It's a reset. We have a whole new audience. These are the stories we need to make sure to tell. And then she wrote Los Angeles. And then all these bullet points of stories and Seattle and all these bullet points of stories. And, um, that's the beauty of Holly Rowe. She somehow gets from one place to the next, and when she gets there, you have no idea that she's working on a little bit of sleep, and she knocks it out of the ballpark every time she is. Uh, she's working a game.
2: This is great. We have it. We have a, a an email here from um, somebody, and the the subject header is "Farting Through Tartan." Okay. Farting through
0: tartan. Farting through tartan, okay. which is a phrase I used
2: in a column I wrote about uh, about. Uh, Ian Poulter, I think, wearing tartan pants at uh, the British Open. But would you like to hear the body of the email? I would. Dear Steve, Colin, that's it.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you for the
2: email.: I mean, I think we should stick the landing with, uh, with that one.
0: I think, I think you're right. On that note,:
2: For Tom Dick and Harry, or I'm sorry for Denny, for Rebecca, for me, Tom Dick and Harry.
0: Please, play us out.
1: sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet live in its cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test Androgynous and figuess what well, we give for a little rest it's day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.